Welcome to the Mark McSee Supersonic Food Marketing Podcast, brought to you by BDO, the trusted accountancy and advisory firm. BDO really are the go-to team to help your hospitality business succeed, providing expert support and advice across all your corporate finance, due diligence, tax and accounting needs. BDO have been a champion of our industry for many years and are really proud to support many of the best brands in hospitality. If you want to make sure your business is in the safest of hands financially, BDO would love to take you for a coffee to understand your business vision so that they can help you get there. Get in touch today at bdo.co.uk to chat about how BDO can help take your hospitality business to the top and please say that I sent you. Supersonic. 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 Inc. This is the Mark Supersonic Marketing Podcast. The rocket fuel podcast for food, drink and hospitality businesses everywhere. Listen up. Tell all your friends and share with your colleagues. Every single episode is packed full of tips, tricks and advice on how you can make your brand boom. So today I'm just outside the beautiful Hove Town Hall and I'm about to go into Platform 9, the co-working space, to meet actually one of my heroes, although a lot younger than I am and a lot cleverer than I'll ever be, I'm really, really excited to spend proper time with the Gen Z expert, and Gen Z himself, Mr. Brandon Relf. Really excited to hear about Brandon's journey, where he was cited as being the youngest CEO in the UK, doing a lot of work creating content for Minecraft before it really sort of blew up, had a team of 20 around the world, which is really amazing for someone of that age, And also TEDx speaker in Brighton as well. Really exciting how he's now turning things into an advantage to be the spokesperson really for Gen Z in business. And I'm just really excited to find out his thoughts about Gen Z in terms of attracting them to come and work with you, what they need, what they're looking for and what their attitudes and usages are in all things food, drink and hospitality. So it gives me the most youth pleasure ever (laughs) to introduce today's guest, Brandon Ralph. Hiya. So basically, um, you are the youth specialist for marketing and HR. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah, I get get to go around and talk about all things youth. Which is great. And it's exactly the two areas I really want to cover today. And also, just a little bit of history. So we met just by chance. I'd been checking you out a bit before the TEDx <laughs> thing um, and just was really impressed with what was going on. And, and then basically we passed each other in the corridor as you were about to go on stage yeah, at I think TEDx. Yeah, I around that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you've got some beardy weirdo Scottish guy going, hey, mate, can we catch up sometime? And you're rightfully going, security, security. Um, and then, yeah, we just managed to check each other out and, and, and actually think there's probably quite a lot of opportunity for us to do yeah, well, some we, fun things together. Yeah, well, we met up last year, didn't we? Mm, yeah, yeah. And now we're eventually reconnected and hopefully we're going to be doing a lot more yeah. together. So 
what I was wanting to do then was sort of take you back a bit and sort of start at you being... Am I right in saying you were sort of named as one of the youngest CEOs in the UK? Yeah, so for, for about a year and a half, mm-hmm. uh, according to HMRC occupation records, so I was officially sort of the youngest uh, CEO in the UK uh, for quite for quite for about a year, year and a bit. And what age um, was this? Uh, this was when well, we moved the company over when I was 16. So 16 probably about to about mid-17, yeah. So then, and then, and then somebody overtook me. I don't know who it was. Yeah. <laughs> they, they won't give me that information. The new kid, or GDPR. They're like, no, no, we can't tell you who it is. But you're well, no longer there. You're going to go and take them out or something. <laughs> yeah. So, what was the story then? So, roughly, what were you doing then? How did yeah. all this happen? Why were you not just a normal kid? <laughs> well, to be honest, it, it was quite like that. I, I, I did have a sort of very normal childhood. I come from a fa- like a normal sort of family. I mean, my mum does a bit of hairdressing and bits mm-hmm. of bobs. My dad drives a grab lorry. They don't really do like, oh, like big businessy things yeah. or anything like that. And we, and when I was sort of 13, I like used to play Minecraft a lot. So mm-hmm. I played Minecraft for years and years and years. I, I sort of built up a company around that and we did uh, loads of awesome projects with mm-hmm. awesome clients from all around the world. Built up a team of about 40 uh, with that spanned 13 different countries, which sounds like fun, but it was 13 different countries I had yeah. to pay tax in. <laughs> right? Figure that out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had to employ people in 13 different countries. Wow. Uh, and then what came off the back of that was uh, we, we did sort of a big live show, which which we got watched by a million people a night, which was run by like a team of six of us, which is always really impressive and when I go into the production world yeah. they're like damn because yeah. um, some TV shows don't even pull that um, sure, yeah. and then uh, and then I sort of exited that space and then uh, we I've moved a lot more into consultancy and strategy and helping sort of mainly big big brands mm-hmm. uh, but also more increasingly I'm eager to do stuff with the smaller like mm-hmm. more exciting brands that are doing exciting things mm-hmm. uh, about how they can engage with young people for sort of marketing to them and also how that they can engage with young people to hire them mm-hmm. uh, because I kind of specialise with the, the Gen Z area. Yeah, being um, one yourself. Yeah, being one myself yep. and being sort of at the top end of Gen Z as well. Mm. So I'm one of the first Gen Zers to sort of come into the workplace. The guys. Yeah, we're the old ones and that. <laughs> um, but we're still the ones that grew up with the internet and things like that. We're still very much Gen Zs. Mm-hmm. But now as they're coming into the workplace... The UN have said that this year Gen Z will make up a third of the world's population. So they're a very, very big generation that are going to be coming up mm. in this country and countries all around the world, particularly in developing um, countries. Mm-hmm. We're seeing a change in sort of young people coming up yeah. today, which really excites me. So let's go definitions <laughs> for the record. Yeah. Because I just sit at these conferences and you see people just you know, sort of claiming this and that. Millennials are this, centennials, which I know you hate that word, but Gen Z is this, you know, et cetera, et cetera. What's the definitions? So the general definition, so millennials, which I don't really do too much work with, um, are the sort of people that are born before Gen Z. So you're talking sort of 1980s, 1990s, that sort of thing. So they're the ones that kind of grew up with the early stages of the internet. I just missed it, you know. Yeah. Because I'm 42. So I was yeah, so 76. You're, you're, you're Gen X. I know, just. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
So I'm like, what, five or six years out of millennial? Yeah, probably, yeah. The, the, the lines of where it happens blurry, tend bloody. to blur. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't really like to go, oh, this is a d- defining thing, because mm. it kind of isn't. But then Gen Z sort of comes in, which we saw, which I kind of, and, and many sort of people in the industry sort of put down, is like when sort of 9-11 happens. I remember you the talking people, about which TEDx, I talked about yeah. in my TEDx yeah, talk, yeah is we can't... I was alive in 9-11, although not all Gen Zs were, but we can't remember 9-11. So I haven't a clue. I was, I think, one or two at the time, so I was really young. But it kind of... 9-11 and then further what went on with the sort of financial crisis in 2008 and things like that, which I can't remember prior to 2008 it sort of shaped the world in a slightly different way. Mm-hmm. And then obviously as well during that period, we've had the rise of big tech giants and big technology and everybody's online now and that's the big sort of shift. Mm-hmm. And then sort of after Gen Z, which is kind of this new term that I maybe have a struggle with, which is Generation Alpha, mm-hmm. is because I don't think that there's been such a big shift just yet. Mm-hmm. So between millennials and Gen Z, there's huge differences, mm-hmm. yeah. But between Gen Z and Gen Alpha, there isn't really so much of a difference and I sort of have problem with the fact that we're starting a new generation I think Gen Z could have actually gone on and could continue to go on for quite a while another decade at least before yeah 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 purely on the basis that I don't I think the next big generational shift is going to be when sort of automation and AI starts to really sort of take hold and then we're going to start to see a completely different generation that grows up in a completely different yeah. job market and all of that and those are the events that sort of change seismic and shift and yeah, culture yeah, yeah. I don't feel like there's been a seismic shift definitely not yeah. in 2010 I or an think. industrial revolution let's yeah, yeah, yeah. so that's interesting to actually put the markers down as industrial revolutions almost well, it's not It's not necessarily just that it's just it's when things dramatically change yeah. it's like when after 9-11 and after the financial crisis there was the the, sh- the people's mentality, I think, yep. of the world around has completely shifted. Mm. Now, I can't really relate to that because I've only grown up in the world after it. But I think that there was a shift in in sort of people's perceptions and and how uh, the world experiences situations. Yeah. Like at the point of nine eleven, and then also when the financial crisis happened, that uprooted and changed a lot of a lot mm. of systems as but well. You, but then you don't know any different. No. You know, so you, you've come in and that, that is the baseline, that is yeah. where, where things are it's, at. It's really hard for me to compare. And yeah. that's why when I do my job and everything, I know Gen Z. I don't know Gen X. I don't know mm. whatever. I maybe have a vague idea, but I'd never come in and tell you how to do your Gen X marketing yep. or whatever because I haven't a clue yeah, yeah. where to really start. I know and I sort of study and go down on that, that route and I, you know commission research and I look at research and things like that and Mm -hmm. and the difference that I do for the Gen Z sector which I like to do which I'm hoping to share a lot more in the future with and and bits and bobs about that is that mine is really when I'm talking about Gen Z I'm using sort of evidence-based and I'm using actual sort of proven things that have happened there's there's quite a few at the moment of like these Gen Z people coming up that think that they know Gen Z yeah uh and maybe they are in Gen Z, but they don't use research. They kind of flap around it. Do you yeah. know what I mean? They don't. Yeah. They don't go. Like for me, the way I say it is, it's kind of like 
and, and when I launched on my new brand, it was this sort of no bullshit approach yeah, yeah. of just like direct, like we want to get you the best results we can without like all this like fairy faff, like oh Gen Z want to yeah, do this yeah. and this and this. Like clearly, this is what the evidence is showing us. Mm-hmm. This is what's happening. This is from my personal experience what I've seen mm-hmm. and the shifts that I'm happening. I mean, the space that I work in, which is online and social, shifts literally daily, yeah. and we have to move that sort of aspect sort of very quickly and yeah. um, millennials going back to that sort of generation thing millennials are very very different to gen z mm-hmm. in how you can advertise to them mm-hmm. how they work in the workplace i mean something that i find really interesting in the workplace aspect and it's something that i joke about with seb who uh, owns platform nine yeah. here is the fact that gen z don't really want to work in like open planned offices and mm. they don't want to work in open spaces they quite like the research has shown that they're liking to go back to sort of their you know, like the older times of like solitude of having pods and things like that where you don't sit and have big open offices like millennials demanded, which is sort of a big shift in in uh, yeah, yeah. in the office space, for example. But it's kind of funny because for millennials, they changed it all to these big open offices and yeah. things like that. And now for Gen Z, Gen Z, I think, are going to start demanding to go back uh, for that. Like, for example, yeah. I love it here at Platform 9, yeah. but I don't come here very often because yeah. I don't like to work with people around me on the basis that I hate hearing people sniffle and talk and anything. I like to sit yeah. there and work in silence. And there's a this is a common trend that's going sort of through Generation Z at the moment. I'm wondering if I'm a bit of a Gen Z really at heart because I'm the same. Like, see, when I come... No, to- well, this, is, this is interesting, yeah. actually, because Lizzie, Lizzie's Gen X as well. Uh-huh. And we talk about... Lizzie, your about- business partner. Oh, she's not. Yeah, oh, we work we, together. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Just to see, uh, yeah. And we, Lizzie and I, Lizzie's Gen X and Gen Z, uh, we actually say we're actually how our generations are a lot closer together. Exactly. And millennials is almost the outlier in between. Yeah. yeah. And in marketing as well, um, Gen X, all marketing is different. But between millennials and Gen Z, like my biggest problem in the industry is that they use millennial marketing on Gen Z. Yeah. And it has some effectiveness, but we're a lot more aware of when we're being advertised to and things like yeah. that. But you can use that in a good way, yeah. in a better way, which brands are starting to do. But it's, that's kind of what I go in and talk about and, and can help with, yeah. is that aspect of like, you haven't clearly sort of defined your Gen Z strategy, let's mm. sort this out. Um, because you'd, you'd be surprised at just how different millennials and Gen Z are. So, thinking about a strategy for Gen Z. Mm-hmm. So, you're a business and you sell, I don't know, coffee or shades, sunglasses, mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm. Is that where you start? So, they'll say, we would like either more customers to buy this or more brand preference from that group. And could you give us some tips on how we can attract, recruit and retain Yeah, so usually, usually I do do them a, a bit more separate. Of course, like, yeah. yeah. I'm saying like that would be yeah, three yeah, briefs but, almost. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And, and you'd, in, say, the food and drink industry, we, we're seeing sort of those shifts where they're needing to hire lots more so Gen Zers and things like that as they're the ones that are coming up yeah. into the jobs and they're the early entry ones and mm-hmm. things like that. And... And marketing to them is a completely sort of different, yeah, different beast. ball game than well, before. I tell you what, let's stick with the employee bit for a second. Let's do right? employees first because yeah. um, I've been recommending to so many people like that you get you into to talk <laughs> about this at the very least. Never mind yeah. actually work with them on it. So if we're doing that, so let's see, it's a pub chain or a, you know, let's say it's a pub chain. So they're saying 
Right, we would like more centennials, Gen Z, mm-hmm. sorry, if I said centennials, you know, you know what I'm saying. Um, I should get like a little I bit. know, <laughs> or like a little honesty box or yeah. swear box or something, you know, we'll give it to charity. So, yeah. um, But let's say it's that, right? Uh-huh. So, for example, you know, wh- where would you start the thinking, not to give the game away about everything you do, but what's the structure of your thinking well, around the, where you start on that? Well, the structure to the thinking is it, it comes down in say a pub chain for example uh-huh. so within a pub chain you've got a big chain of pubs and within that each pub is going to sort of have its own team mm-hmm. and within that there's going to be teams within the teams so there's mm-hmm. going to be the bigger pub team and then teams within that and the most important thing basic is working on making sure that each of those teams and every single pub around is is ready to have gen Zers in it and also is is as, as the best it can be mm-hmm. Uh, because that's sort of the most important thing. And then it's down to sort of the culture. Mm-hmm. So Gen Z are very entrepreneurial. So I think some research from last year showed that about 60% of Gen Zers mm-hmm. want to start their own businesses, which is amazing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, as somebody who started my own business, I love that. And um, But that means that when you're in your job, if you're not doing enough to not only get them there, but then also to keep them there, they're going to very quickly go off and do something else. Mm-hmm. And the constant struggle as well, and this is probably particularly uh, in in chains that want to get the best talent and then also want to keep get that talent up the ranks into sort of head offices and things like that, mm-hmm. is that Gen Zers have, and, and I think this is going to be a lot wider of a society thing in the future, but particularly in Gen Z, is that there's not going to be like, you're not going to go to somewhere and have like a 20-year career. Mm. You're going to go there and you'll maybe be there for four or five years Mm. and then you'll move on to something else. Mm. And I think there's going to be this element of retraining and training for a new industry and moving around and doing a lot more in your life Mm -hmm. than just, you know, going to work at, say, an in. Yeah, uh, um, on. yeah, for years and years and years and mm. years, and and I think we're going to start to see that that shift as as they come up because mm-hmm. at the moment, so I'm really there's there's a couple of we're talking maybe sort of twenty one year olds and below is Gen mm-hmm. Z, mm-hmm. Uh, maybe Gen Alpha take a little bit of the top of the bottom half of that, mm-hmm. but they're the prime people at the moment that are that are going to be, you know, for pubs and restaurants and things like that, if they want fresh new talent and they want sort of fresh new faces that are going off to university and hiring mm-hmm. university cities and things like that, they're going to be the fresh ones for that. And it is culture-driven. There's also specific ways which I go through about how you can market your jobs mm-hmm. and how you do about that. Um, and that's usually sort of video-driven. And there's specific ways that, you know, I can kind of uh, how different brands, depending on what you're doing, mm-hmm. that for... There is no right way to do it. There's yeah. no single right way for, for a, a brand to go, oh, everybody does this and Gen Z will come. For each individual brand, and this would be the same sort of in the food and drink industry, mm-hmm. depending on what, you know, if you're a pub or, you know, if you're a higher-end restaurant or something like that, yeah. the way you get Gen Z is a different ball game altogether. And I think the general advice that I, I can give in, in the sort of employment area is just to make the workplace the best workplace that's as open so gen zers can be having discussions with their managers and head office and things like that Mm -hmm. so you've got open dialogues Mm -hmm. with sort of that so removing this bureaucratic structure Mm -hmm. uh, that doesn't seem to really benefit anyone and then having that sort of more open dialogue and then listening to their ideas taking them to account because what will happen is if somebody's really you know annoyed at you know a pub for not doing that 
and and it doesn't really work for them and and mm-hmm. they're not listening they're not being listened to so they'll go and find another job it's really at somewhere where they do it's really funny you've said that like i've had a couple of cases lately where i've i've hooked you've hooked up or i've met some ex-colleagues when we maybe worked at different places and what happened at those places was there wasn't much between you and the ceo mm-hmm. so when you look at when I worked at lastminute.com, for example, that you might know or might not know, but sort yeah, of the, yeah. back in the day, it was the Airbnb or the booking.com or the, you know, it was a pretty good place to be. And, but then we maybe went to other companies where there was eight people between you, because you went to a bigger company, a better company, you know, in terms of what it was turning over, not a better company in terms of what it was. But then your ideas never got heard. Yeah. And and that really came out. And, and it seemed to go through Millennial and Centennial that it's just like, why won't you listen to what I'm saying because of my age or because of you th- you think it's a parent-child relationship or, yeah, I, you know? Yeah, I think it comes down, and, and this is something that Lizzie and I strongly disagree on, mm. and, and you might disagree on as mm. well, is I, Gen Z really want to, like, when we're going to grow up, we're used to having things now, yeah? So we're used to being very quick with the, like, getting like quick Anything. access to information and Music, things like that Anything. yeah yeah so when we're going into jobs we no longer want to go in and particularly like i always use the sort of marketing agency example is you don't want to go in and be like the bottom end of the marketer who's just clicking and dropping stuff all day and things like that you'll very quickly lose gen z like that yeah mm. people don't want to do that and it's and it's about lizzie you now lizzie thinks that it's an important element of your personal growth uh that you okay. start that you start at the bottom and you work your way up. I now, don't agree with that anymore. Mm-hmm. I think a, a long time ago I did. Yeah. But it's just changed yeah. now. And and what I actually don't want for, and it's for, you know, my wee girl too that's, mm-hmm. you know, coming through and all the rest of it. You know, I don't want them to have the same. So I, yeah, it was like so many businesses were ruled by fear. It was, you'll, it's like being a football analogy, you know, you're the boot boy, yeah. you'll clean the boots and you'll be first in, you'll be last out, and, and actually, I hope the world's moved on a bit from treating people like shit, do you know what I mean? And, yeah, and actually well, uncovering and enabling and empowering people. Yeah, it was that element that, of, of needing like. to empower young people, and even yeah. if you're working, you know, you're you're doing dishes in a bar, hmm. in, a, in a pub you know, in, in, in a big chain that's, you know, humongous, there's still value in that person. There's still probably, odds are, with just how cool Gen Z are, there's probably still really cool ideas that can come out of that person's mm. head that can help the wider picture of everything. So it's about, you know, different... It's actually a bit of respect. Yeah. And, and, you know? and it's about different firms do it in different ways. Yeah. And there's loads of different ways you can do it in, in how you engage those young people and how you do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but... And it's also about not having somebody, you know, wash the dishes for eight hours a day, seven days a week. It's about, you know, getting them to do different things and having mm. keeping them constantly interested yeah. and doing different things and training them up to do new things, yeah. keeping them constantly learning and constantly building upwards. Yeah. And not... Because if you very quickly forget them, then that would be why you'll, you'll have high type, uh, staff turnover in yeah. that area. It's because, like we're coming into a sort of a way where people can just, you know, go and either do stuff themselves or, mm. you know, go around and, and sort of start new things. Yeah, I mean, I think where Lizzie's right, you know, I feel like I know Lizzie. <laughs> <laughs> but I think where she's right for sure is that, you know, you can't expect to be a director tomorrow 
No. You know, for example. Yeah. And so there's a better system there. But then you could be the CEO of your own thing tomorrow if you wanted to. Well, but that's, you know, that, that's, that's, the, the that's the element suppose, that's yeah. coming in with yeah. Gen Z is yeah, that, yeah. oh, well, if I'm not going to go there and be given yeah. the respect and the decent sort of level that I that I think I'm, I'm worth, yeah. you know, I don't want to be sat there clicking. Like, if I had to start from the bottom of a marketing agency, I'd yeah. bloody not want, it would put me off of it. Yeah, yeah. And, you know... If if there's a is finding that and and the key thing is and this is something that I'll reiterate later on is you just got to talk to Gen Z you know it's what I do professionally so yeah. I can talk for a lot wider than just myself yeah. because of you know my knowledge and what I've trained but generally every single person every single Gen Z are in, in your company you can have a conversation with and ask them what they're liking about the company what they're not and it's all about that conversation yeah. I think that's what I said at the end of my TEDx talk mm-hmm. it's the one simplest tip I can give is just to have discussions just to yeah. chat to them just yeah. to listen to them yeah. don't just you know ignore them and, and when you want to hire them and you're seeing like people you know come and then realise that oh I don't want to actually work here and stuff be questioning why they don't mm. want to work here be questioning what you know, it's gone wrong mm. um, constantly. And, and you know, there's, you know, myself that can obviously help for an, e- an element, but I can't help every single company there is out no. there. But yeah. every single company can very easily go and talk to Gen Z. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? You can very often, lots of the sort of, you know, big big CEOs that we see in London mm. and stuff all have children that are Gen Zers and sure. things like that, you know, that they can go and ask. Mm. And you can ask what's going on constantly. Mm. And new ideas come up. I mean... Gen Z as an entrepreneurial yeah. generation excite me so much. I yep. do tons of work with a, a big national charity called Young Enterprise, mm-hmm. and we the, the the amount of awesome young people mm. that we see go through those programs. They've got multiple programs throughout mm. the year, and I judge what's the national one, so I get to see some of the most amazing young people yeah, that you yeah. could ever think of. Uh, that are like some of them are like five six years old, going up to like my age. It's it's ridiculous yeah, yeah, how amazing yeah sort of our generation is but a quick tip for any ceos in the food and drink industry that you know do come to me and say my 14 year old daughter does it like this therefore the whole company should it's like don't just take a no. straw poll of one yeah i mean the, the element that i do <laughs> no, but I get is, that, is that i can i can understand a wider aspect yeah. because that's what i do for my job yeah, yeah. whereas your day-to-day sort of gen Z, but then you shouldn't <laughs> if you've got if you're a major ceo of a big company you should have more than one gen z person to talk to <laughs> or your management team yeah. and your wider sort of top yeah. team should have gen Zers that they can talk to yeah um invite them in you yeah. know yeah and have what's, a chat. what's that website called uh, google <laughs> With, with, yeah, all the, yeah, yeah, with all yeah. the information, yeah, 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 it could help as well. Yeah. You know, and, and also as well, there's loads of, like, I mean, this is what we do with, like, Think Nation, for example, yeah. is we've got that aspect of we help direct companies bring young people into the workplace and yeah. things like that. And, you know, you can do that through companies like Think Nation or you can do that on your own back, you know, is that element of just having a discussion yeah. and bringing it all together. So just... Rewinding a bit, actually, mm. you, you said uh, about culture as well. Mm-hmm. What is it specifically about culture of a business that Centennials Gen Z might be looking for? Penny in the jar. I'm going to yeah. <laughs> just, uh, just give you 20 yeah. quid now. Yeah. Does, that, does that help? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, I, th- I think when I'm talking culture, I think we've talked quite a lot about it in some ways, yeah. is, is that respect and the element. And the most important thing, actually, about the entire company and what's going to make you stick at a company or mm. not is the team that you're working with. Yeah. So if you're... if you're People leave people, right? Yeah. 
and and if you're if you know you're wondering on say that you're a big large pub chain or mm. a big large chain of restaurants mm. and you're wondering why generally your Gen Zers aren't feeling welcome, then you know maybe it's a big problem across mm. all of your sort of stores. Yeah. Whereas if you're seeing it in specific things, it can be specific problems with specific yeah. teams. But it's down to those individual teams because you've got to remember those Gen Zers are going to come into work and they're not going to see you at the top. They're mm. going to see on the regular sort of day, they're going to see like their team and, mm. and want to feel part of that team and feel included and also feel listened to yeah. and feel uh, wanted. And then also as well, which I think is very important, is feel well compensated for Mm -hmm. what they're doing and also feel um part of a bigger thing as well so feeling big a part of a you know bigger you know part of it and also i think there's a well there's got a few things with what you said there actually (laughs) um claude uh silver that's over at vayner media she talked about something brilliant, which was have stay interviews instead of exit interviews, mm-hmm. which I thought was a really, back to your point about talking to people, mm-hmm. wouldn't it be nice if you just sat down every so often and said, what what else can we do for you? Yeah. What else? And also, I think that gratefulness thing where you should be bloody lucky you've got a job and, you know, we pay you this. And look, anyone with a laptop can go and make 20, 30 grand a year without batting an eyelid. Yeah. So I mean, now we've got all these <laughs> sites that come up that yeah. make it so easy, like to make money in a different way. Yeah, and then just on the brand part, mm-hmm. so slightly to do with culture, but brand values, brand purpose, all these things are Centennial Gen Z <laughs> looking for brands to have a purpose. Do they want legacy? Do they want to give back? Do they, how are they so, feeling So about Gen that? Z kind of at the moment, we're actually seeing quite a lot that Gen Z are quite favouring big brands. Mm-hmm. So the big brands of like the technology world, like Apple and things like that. I've got some here. Have, have you got some yeah, examples? Right, so, <laughs> so I went through, just to help add to your point rather than interrupt you, sorry, but it was, um, how do we look? So consistently what it was saying, favourite brands, or we should do this a quiz. Number one Gen Z brand. What do you think? It's gonna be. Is it food brand? No, but a Apple? lot of them are. Is it Apple? No, YouTube. Oh, okay, yeah. that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but then food brands. So then Doritos, Oreo, Netflix, Hershey. I mean, it's an American study, but Hershey's, M and M's, Cheetos, uh, Nike, Sour Patch Sweets, mm-hmm. and then McDonald's. Yeah, and then millennials different. Uh, completely different mm-hmm. Nike Apple Amazon Target the big store Walmart Samsung Google Sony Jordan Air Jordan good, God bless Michael and uh, and and Adidas so I think what we're seeing in that is that at the moment with with that with that study you'll see that they're skewing towards the younger end anyway so mm. that's sort of appealing so it's going to be interesting in 10 years time to yeah. see where that goes but you'll see that Gen Z I think for a long time gonna build uh are gonna build out sort mm. of they like the big brands with the with the big brand sort of relationships mm-hmm. and things like that and uh, but it, it does come down to those elements i mean look at what's been happening recently with the the largest global um warming march in the history of 
ever mm, yeah, yeah. <laughs> was uh, spearheaded and started by Gen Z. Yeah, you know, yeah. she, she was 15 in Sweden and yeah. now all around the world and all the different in, in the UK and, and, mm-hmm. and all the different countries abroad, it's all spearheaded by young people in that. Yeah. And so there is this big care of fixing the planet and things like that. And, and, and there is this big care around that. Mm-hmm. But I think the, the people that are doing it the best at the moment are like, the big companies that are actually still making active choices in order to do that. Mm. So we are seeing the big brands change and adapt, and I think they're changing and adapting because consumer behaviour in this is adapting. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, it's incredibly important right now when Gen Z are growing up, if you can build your brand into them, odds are they'll probably become sort of a long-term customer, a lifelong Mm. customer. That's always been the case. Probably things that happened in your childhood and brands that were around then, if they were sort of still there they still yeah. hold a place in your heart Jordan Sega yeah yeah yeah, yeah. things Even like that you the know? company Supersonic after Sonic and Hedgehog so yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. so it still places <laughs> yeah. out so, so it's a really valuable one yeah. and we're really going to start to see huge consumer spending yeah. go up and I think particularly in, in the food and drink industry mm. in, in the sort of consumer space of that at the moment maybe you know Gen Z aren't necessarily buying products like that but they're recognising the brands mm. but we started, you're going to see in the next sort of five to ten years as Gen Z is going to be the ones that are coming into restaurants and ordering mm. food and things like that, you know, more than ever. And it's about finding that, you know, that, that balance. And it's going to be, I think, a bit more of a struggle for the small independent brands okay. that do that, if I'm completely honest. Yeah, yeah. It's, going to be, it's going to be a lot more of a struggle. Well, that was one of my questions for you, was sort of big companies chains versus independents and, mm-hmm. and what was going to happen. I mean, in terms of food and drink... Are they going to continue, do you think, with the delivery side of things? Will that just be part of life? What do you mean? Like Deliveroo uh, and Uber, Uber Eats. Eats and Just Eat and all these things? Or is that going to dive for the taste of experience in a restaurant again? I think there's going to be... I think the thing that Deliveroo, which Deliveroo I know are aiming... I've been following Deliveroo for years and years and years mm. now uh, because they've... They're quite a relatively new uh, tech company, and I think I can't remember, but they had a new valuation out today or something like that. Uh, Amazon's going to Amazon's going to pitch into the funding. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I think that I read some tweet about it and stuff like yeah. that. But we we've I think what's going to happen with Deliveroo, and this is happening in in the whole in the supermarket industry. I think this idea of having big shops like you know the big Tesco's, mm. the big Asda's, and things like that is going to be a thing of the past. Yeah, mm. and I think we're going to st- we're going to have corner shops that are going to be like, which particularly in Spearhead is Amazon with their Amazon, what's it called? With well, the in lockers? America. No, no, no. In oh, America, Amazon Go. Where, yeah, Amazon, Amazon Go, Go, where you can just come in, take your Amazon stuff Amazon Shoplift. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's that, that, yeah. that sort of small thing. And then I think what's going to happen, actually, is uh, Deliveroo will succeed um, in some ways. For the for that, they'll, yeah. I think delivery, which they're aiming to do, is start to replace. So every night you order from delivery. Sure. But I think there's also going to be a big element for these new boxes that are coming up, uh, which um, I can't remember. None oh, do you mean like Hello Fresh and all? Yeah, these yeah, 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 yeah. Where they <clears throat> where they ship all the ingredients to you, yeah. and then you just make your food. Yeah. So it's still going to be that element of, you know, wanting to if you want to cook your food mm. it'll be there mm. but if you want to just have your food ready cooked it will just come straight to and, you, you and know? where are they on the the health scores and the drinking and the not drinking and what's happening in terms of lifestyle because I guess what well, we're being fed ho-ho, um, and, and the research and the, the you know seminars we go to and all these things is all oh, millennials they are you know 
gin crazed avocado guzzling you know coral pink nutbags you know and it's just like well fine but is that is it going to be a what's what's going to happen? I there, mean, I think? think even just looking at the information well, you said, Cheetos, Sour Patch, Doritos. I think it, the, the the difference is is there's quite a big different culture in America to there is. For sure. So in America, which is something I find really weird is, for example, Domino's will serve pizza in school. So part of your school lunch could be Domino's yep. pizza, and they have those big brands that are in the schools already. Whereas mm. in the UK, we have quite a push for healthy eating and things like that, which is quite widespread. Jamie doing stuff. Yep, Jamie doing Leon stuff. Goes, yeah. And I think what we're going to see is, I think there's going to be sort of a conscious awareness of it. Mm -hmm. But I think the problem is, even when you're younger, is people that are still in Gen Z today are still shaped by the older generation of what they're going to eat, you know, things like that. And I don't think we really have enough to really gauge in 10 years' time where young people are going to be eating Mm. out and stuff like that. I mean, at the moment, for me... Uh, and for the for some of the the people that I know, it's it's like fast food places we can go and eat quickly mm. and things like that when we're eating out and about. Mm. And it's and we don't go. To, if I'm honest, I don't really go to independent places to eat. I go to um, the larger brands mm. where you can assure quality, and you can be like, well, I know that this place is good. I know I can get so now like a simple thing which if you're sort of a smaller chain listing which I think you can do which I find so useful and I know so many people that I talk to find useful mm-hmm. is online please list your menu yeah. with how much it costs mm-hmm. because I want to know how much I'm going to be paying I want to know what sort of what we look at here I don't mind eating at more expensive places but I want to know that it's a more expensive place before I go in Mm. so I can plan to go there Mm. and I also love to look at menus and we can like as Gen Zers, we can shop around online. Well, we're saving me and my time friends, as well, aren't yeah, we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, me and my friends go out, and usually when I go out and eat, personally, I will plan what I'm going to eat before I've even gone out. Yeah. So, like, today, when I had my lunch, I kind of already planned that I was going to go there. And Let's talk about that. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I don't know if it was shock or I was pleased, but you, you, you walked in uh, with your KFC bag. Yeah. And then you can tell the rest of the story. Well, I mean, the yeah, so I'd just come from a meeting uh-huh. and I was actually, between meetings today, I was having another meeting. Yeah. And so it was a very much like, a, I need to get some food down me because yesterday I was in London and I really didn't eat much mm. at all because I didn't have time. Good. And it's a terrible thing to do, so I was like, I need to definitely eat yeah. today. And at the moment, KFC, for me, is absolutely killing it. Right. Uh, in how that they market their price point, which is the key thing, I think, particularly for Gen Z as well. Are they price uh, sensitive? What do you mean by or, that? Like, so if the meal you were having was five, six quid, yeah. would you have had it still? Probably not. Mm. But what KFC are doing really interesting, so KFC have a, a rewards app. Mm-hmm. And so you can collect stamps. Cool thing KFC do straight out the back is when you download the app, you get a free, like... Side, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Like a free, like, couple of hot wings or something like that, you know? So you get something free straight off the bat, which instantly encouraged me to get the app. I was like, yeah, we'll do that. Mm-hmm. And then as well, as a student, because uh, I do university part-time, so I'm still technically a student, 
I get student code and you get free stuff within the app mm-hmm. for students every time you spend three pounds. And as well as that, what KFC do really well, although by the time this has probably gone out, I'm pretty sure it's changed. Yeah. And I can't KFC wait to see... KFC might have closed down because of the cheap meals <laughs> it was selling. I can't, I can't wait to see what's happening next yeah. is uh, it's rice boxes. Mm. So they seem to... So like last time, last month, uh, it was... Um, Zinger burgers, I mm-hmm. want to say, or something like that, yeah, like, oh, yeah. or the Zinger box meal, or something yeah. like that. So, and every month they like cycle you around. So for me, I would have never picked to have on the menu a rice box ever, yeah. but because I can get it for four pounds, and then because I'm a student, I also get like freebies on top of that as well. For me, it's like a no-brainer. It's like when well, I go in there and, and I'm t- like today's lunch, you got what was it? Chips, well, mini fillet, hot wings. Yeah, which for... they do one ninety nine. <laughs> It's insane. Which they do in before 3pm and they're doing that. They've just launched that sort of lunch thing called the Fill Me Up box. <laughs> and I love it. I've had it twice in the past week. Just because it's it's like the right amount. You can have something with a little bit of heart. Mm-hmm. You can have your standard sort of little sandwich, mm-hmm. some chips. And then you haven't got to do that. I don't care about the drinks and things like that because mm. I always carry a bottle of water. So I'm like, I only drink water. So yeah. for me, it's not about the drinks. But you get to do, I get to eat something that, you know, maybe isn't the healthiest thing ever, but when I'm travelling and I, say, go through Victoria or something like that, there's a KFC there, I can quickly run in, you know, scan my app, yeah. collect a code so you start gaining more codes so you can eventually work your way up to getting £5 off, mm-hmm. which you noted on my we, app. We were talking about I haven't that. even spent because yeah, I never yeah. go to KFC and spend over £5 <laughs> to redeem the £5, but I will do it at some point. Yeah. And Going for that bucket. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and and it's such a good, like, the value of what you get for yeah. what you do that. And and I think the the one, the problem is, is it, is it kind of destroys my, um, my, almost my perception of how much I should be paying for stuff. Right. So this is the fear, <laughs> right? This is the fear for all marketing teams, operators, all yeah. the rest of it. How can you tempt someone to trial... Mm-hmm. But then, longer term, how can you, you know, get them to pay really what it's worth, you know? <laughs> so you had another example, um, you were talking about Bella Italia and Las yep. Iguanas and all this, so yes. what happened there? That seems like an extreme example as well. So uh, for any of you that are listening on, that use 3 as their phone network... Uh-huh. Three have this awesome rewards app, like most of the phone networks do nowadays, which is called One Two. Mm-hmm. And I bloody live by One Two. They've actually recently introduced the Dine Card, I think it's called. Yeah. Uh, into well, the yeah. One Two app for free. So I've got, you get a membership number and you can use the Dine Card in all the places you could use the Dine Card, but free in the One Two app. And what they did early on when they launched One Two last year is they did this promotion in those three restaurants, which are owned by the, the same chain, which has left my mind. They're all owned by one company. Yep. But I can't remember what it's called. Yeah, it's the Casual uh, Dining Group. Yeah, something yes. like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we, and they were doing a promotion at each that was, you could go in and you could eat for a pound. So you could have a burger and chips uh, from Cafe Rogue or like equivalent to yeah, that. Yeah. You could have pizza or pasta in Bella Italia and then you could have a burrito in uh, Las Aguanas. Yes, that's it. Which I always struggled with. <laughs> uh, and what me and my friend did one lunch as we went to every one. And the funny thing, which you'll know in Brighton is Cafe Rogue is across the road from Bella Italia. Yeah. So the woman from Bella Italia watched us walk across the road All and right. go to Cafe Rogue. Yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> and you just sort of laugh because yeah, yeah. But I think we tipped well. Yeah, because <laughs> you could have, you could be like, oh yeah, bloody tip, bloody loads. Yeah, tip a hundred percent, and you've already. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully, we're going to get um, you know Celia or Mark on from those brands at some yeah, point, yeah. so we can talk to them um, about that. And then yeah, yeah and then Cafe Rouge what and they that, do yeah. now is they still do they don't do that promotion anymore, but they still do promotions in the one two app mm. where you can go for a fiver, but. The, the thing that I was saying to you is the only reason that I go to Bellitalia mm. and places like that, and they're similarly, similarly the other ones that do student promotions and things like that yeah. with discounts, is because of that sort of discount. It's such a it's a, such a tough spot for any any restaurant brand, you know, because that's what they're hoping, I guess, that will happen is that you'll maybe at weekends be prepared to pay full price and, you know, and all these kind of things. So it can be tricky. And then the other apps you were showing me, so there's Burger King, you were really bigging up as well. Yeah, so, so Burger King do lots of awesome vouchers. And going on to some more apps, because I love these, I actually really love these reward apps, because yeah. I think it gives you that sort of sense of, which which Gems are very commonly doing yeah. through Snapchat and social media, is this gamifying of it. Yeah. So you're gamifying it. And I mean, I have the Toby Carvery app, for example. Yeah, we're talking uh, about that as Because well. my uh, mum my is a big, big fan of Toby Carvery, and there's one rent that five-minute drive from my house. But you do collect your roast stamps in Toby. It's not the best reward system. Uh-huh. Um, but for us, we go in Toby because we enjoy going in Toby. Yeah. So we'll pay full price if we go in there at Christmas mm-hmm. and things like that. It's not... It's different, that different aspect. And we go yeah. there because my mum enjoys it. And to be honest, they do good food. Yeah. And even if you go in there and pay full price, it's not that bad value for money. Well, this was what came out all the time, you know, when I was, you know, the other side and I was working, you know, for restaurant brands. And you saw the research and Toby was always value for money, like just off the charts mm-hmm. in terms of that. But Toby Carver is a big one. And then one that I always love to look and laugh at, which is another app that I have, is the Krispy Kreme app. Yes. Uh, now Krispy Kreme like to send me this year. I've only I haven't even had the app for a year, mm-hmm. and I think that they've sent me. I want to say about five donuts for free. So I haven't spent a penny mm-hmm. in Krispy Kreme. The only reason I haven't spent a penny in that is I think their donuts are a little bit overpriced. Right. And two, the Chris the near like the only Krispy Kreme there is at least nearest with mm-hmm. me is the Brighton one. But Krispy Kreme does keep in my mind and it still lives on my home screen on the basis, which is maybe beneficial for them in the long run, yeah. is the fact that they give me free donuts from time to time. Mm. And I'm like, oh, we haven't seen you in a while, do you want to come back? And I'll be getting one uh, in July for my birthday. Um, well, you, well, hopefully we'll put this out after your birthday just in case they strike you yeah, off. Yeah, so, uh, bloody, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'll talk to the team over there. <laughs> from Supersonic Inc., this is the Mark McSee Supersonic Marketing Podcast. Just a friendly reminder that this podcast is brought to you by the good folk at BDO. BDO have been long-term supporters of the hospitality sector and they are really passionate about supporting innovative entrepreneurs on their journeys and they also want to give you the right advice and support to grow your business. Just in case you don't know, BDO provides tailored advice to the sector across corporate finance, due diligence, tax and all accounting matters. BDO work tirelessly to give their clients the advice that they need when they need it to succeed. For more information on BDO and how they can take your business to the top, go to bdo.co.uk. Hashtag ad.
so we what I was thinking of was going back a little bit, going a bit more macro again, which is uh, I don't mean to make you sound like an alien race, but how are Gen Z sort of communicating, living life, all that sort of stuff? Because it will be fascinating to people who are, you know, 50, 60, whatever, going, what, you use Slack and you WhatsApp, you've got 10 different inboxes, you don't watch TV, you did it. So what's the general picture there? I mean, the general picture is, is very vast and different. I mean, it's different across that. Mm. Um, in the experience that there's this big platform at the moment actually that's that I think has been quite appealing to Gen Z in gaming, mm-hmm. which is this. I don't know if you've heard of it. It's called Discord, mm-hmm. uh, which is humongous now. It's bloody ridiculous, just how big Discord has got, and and that's a big sort of communication. And in my company, we actually used a Discord server as our work server, so okay. we didn't use Slack or anything like that. Um, I think there's this element of of wanting a bit more faster information. Mm. So Gen Z have, as if any of you have children can probably tell, have a lot shorter of an attention span and want to be doing a lot more. And and one thing I actually hate is there seems to be this constant negativity around the internet and going on that. I mean, I remember, and we were talking about this with... with, um, uh, somebody from the Uni of Sussex in, in, in one of our podcasts was this element of, uh, like, social media being, like, told to young people as it's a really bad thing. Mm. So, oh, you shouldn't be spending all day on your computer. You should get out and do more and things mm. like that. When, you know, different it's in a different time now. And and we, we do go on our phones. And You know, in France, for example, they banned phones from school on a national level. Okay. And, but phones can be such a valuable resource yeah. if the education system was further along. And we did that. And so the, the, the way Gen Z is, is we can consume information a lot quicker. Mm-hmm. I mean... News-wise, if you go on Twitter, we can I can easily cite you ten sources from one article, from one news story in sort of five minutes mm-hmm. from just going, you know, on Twitter yeah. and looking at all the different perspectives and things like that. Which I actually think, as long as social media don't start to crack, like, don't start to police too much, mm-hmm. can be really valuable that mm-hmm. we can access that many sources in a wide variety. Whereas probably when you were growing up, you'd have to even be listening on sort of single radio channel or watching a single TV channel yeah. or reading a single newspaper. Yeah. You wouldn't buy 10 newspapers just yeah. to read the same story. I mean, when I was your age, I guess, like, yeah, the very super early internet, like 1998, 90, yeah. in fact, before, before Christ, no, yeah. I would have been in uh, 94, 94, I'd have been 18. Yeah. So Britpop and all that. And not long after was like first mobile phones there was car phones and then mobile phones so we were the first generation or, or age that you got a bit of MS-DOS stuff at school and then you, you went in so it's a big learning curve and I think you know going on Gen, Gen Z is is lots of our life is now online so yeah. if you're not building out your online presence and social media and things like that I mean it's not necessarily about all having like like those social media posts and things like that are a lot more appealing to mm. millennials and things like that that's not Gen Z Gen Z is getting your brand in front of eyes by inviting influencers along to your mm. your your place to you know tell them or you know with the KFC thing for example I learned that through somebody filming a video about it do you know what I mean mm. and being like oh there's a KFC you can go in and get yeah. like that for free well um, that's, a, that's a point you know for anyone listening marketers and, and brands and all the rest of it it's like look you've got to be aware 
of what's going on about your brand that you're not tagged into. Yeah, yeah, You've got yeah. to be constantly listening, I mean, constantly I think searching. one of the best brands that do that in the world that have like a whole thingy, and I don't know if we're thinking the same okay. way, it's Coca-Cola. Okay, yep. Mm-hmm. So Coca-Cola have a whole like station of people yeah. that constantly police the Nest, internet. Nestle's the of same. When the, yeah, uh, more yeah. and more brands are doing yeah. it now. And it's that awareness of what's going on. Yeah. And, you know, people might not even, like they might just tag in, you know, your brand on Instagram or they might not even tag it like properly. They might just tag your location or whatever. So it's being aware of what's going on. And um, But you've got to know that those hack videos are going on and, it's, and, and actually embrace it and turn it into something... Yeah. Great, you know, because actually, if they want people to use the app, yeah. then why don't KFC clip that video, work with the person that put it up, and then put it out and promote it even more? Yeah. If, if, or unless they've judged that they only want so much risk, yeah, on the, but then why do it? Yeah, there's this, so there's this whole, which can be in a whole podcast on itself about <laughs> influencers and the problem with how big brands have entered the influencer space and sort yep. of ruined it. Yep. Not advertisers, but people, but companies that make brands and they ruin... Because mm. influencer marketing, pure influencer with real people and real stuff like that is extremely valuable. Yeah. When you start to get like uh, the buzzfeeds and things like that in the world that, that try and create influencers, mm. it starts to... It's nowhere near as valuable. Yeah. And that cost the influencer industry quite a lot of money yeah. and then you also get lots of people that fake followers and things like that mm. people don't do proper due diligence yeah. by the influencers they're working with yeah mm. i quite like tribe I, I met i had a meeting with them and they're on like an influencer platform mm. and i just thought it was quite interesting what they had to say and they had some really good results yeah um around the millennial audience yeah more than yeah your, your gang, well, gen, but, you well, gen Z, well, lots of the stuff that i do when i go marketing is like they're like oh yo who, which influencers should we be working with? Mm. And because I'm that age and I'm watching these influencers yeah. and understanding me. the space, I wouldn't say <laughs> 100, me. 100,000 a tweet. No, 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 but I'll, I'll, I'll be like, oh, you should be working with, oh, you're a technology brand, yeah, you should yeah. be working with this. Oh, you're food and drink. Oh, here's a couple of good food and drink ones mm. that I know that have had a good long standing, like, like that they've got a good standing order in yep. the community and as a wider thing. And, and it's quite low risk in doing mm. that. And I think. Brands really need to do that. And, and something that actually KFC really, I think, spearheaded. And Burger King, definitely in the US spearheaded. Um, we'll do Burger King first is, is the the element of having a bit more fun on social media. Mm. And those viral tweets, you know, the Burger King. And Wendy's has, uh, with the chicken nuggets and mm. things like that. That's sort of a bit more human element mm-hmm. uh, that, that the Gen Zers can connect with because it's funny and it's cool. Well, I'm surprised that. at Burger King, right? So... <laughs> Uh, well, actually, Burger King, KFC, sort of McDonald's. But anyway, if you go into Insta, right? Yeah. And you look at their organic following. Mm-hmm. Like, the, just the followers, sorry. Yeah. And the regularity of organic posting. Yeah. Burger King is, at the last time I looked, had something like 6,000 followers for Burger King UK. <laughs> I was like... I think Burger King is being incredibly successful in the States. Yeah. Oh, and, oh yeah. When you look at the States, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. mega. The States is, and, and, and I almost think the States does it. This is the thing. I, I don't understand necessarily why brands do all these separate ones. Yeah. Um, I can kind of understand because there's different regional menus and things like that. Yeah. But 
you know, Burger King, I see more Burger King like promotion on Twitter and stuff is from the States. It's those sort of... The, the, the CMO there, yeah. look him up, right? It's a guy called Fernando. Yeah, yeah. He is like yeah. top of well, his I mean, game. Something that came you know. in with Burger King is, uh, have you heard of the vlogger Casey Neistat in America? What was it? Casey Neistat. No, big, big vlogger in America. Right, okay. Like, I think he's got 10 million subscribers okay. or something like that. And he and Burger King jokingly like called him out on Twitter or something like that. Or like made a joke out of his tweet. And then he made this joking video that was like at okay. them. And then it ended up that they ended up managing to do some social good off of the back of it with Burger King offering some money for some stuff and things like right, that. Right. Uh, but basically, Casey, off of having a bit of banter on Twitter gave them a bunch millions and millions and millions yeah, of views yeah, on youtube yeah. of free promotion for burger king yeah. you know and we're seeing like if you can that's the sort of influence marketing that i push for mm. so rather than it being like an ad read in the middle yeah. of a video it's integrating the content so casey is really a spearhead in this area he has mm. a long-term partnership with samsung and samsung have financed lots of his videos mm-hmm. Uh, with and at the end it just goes thanks to Samsung for financing that. Now I know that those videos are made by Samsung, and the impact that that has had, mm-hmm. it's been amazing. Some of Casey's biggest videos actually around food and stuff like that. He did one in McDonald's and things like that, mm-hmm. you know. And we it is it's integrating it like that rather than that because Gen Z, so millennials are actually quite dumb in some ways that's the quote for the (laughs) millennials are quite dumb (laughs) in how we can market to them so they're not very aware Uh so you could easily the reason facebook works so well and grew so quick is because millennials are really easy to advertise to on Mm. facebook yeah they're very susceptible to clicking on adverts and very easy uh whereas gen z will be like yo i can see that that's an advert yeah Yeah. I can see that's an advert so you have to advertise differently and I mean something smart which I actually laughed at and KFC have done a similar thing with their fries when they launched it but the one that caught me was Innocent and Mm. they recently did their that green blue debate do you know what happened this morning what happened this morning they put a tweet up that they're releasing a green drink which is a different drink right so they've got the green drink in in the field yeah and then you've got lots of people going it's blue, you know, kind of recalling yeah, yeah, yeah. the joke sort of thing. Yeah. And then, so yeah, yeah. there's the, still that banter the going thing on, that you know. The me out was they promoted, not a tweet from their own account, but they promoted, somebody had like, quote, retweeted their tweet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they'd written a comment about being uh, in the sort of aspect and things like that is, and we'd, and they'd taken the element of what they were saying with the innocent and mm. promoted it. And as somebody here who is always very aware of being marketed to yeah. and looking at adverts constantly to learn and understand, yeah. that caught me out. <laughs> I went, oh, who's this I'm following? And then I turned out it was basically an advert for innocent. For and then I clicked on innocent and I'm looking at that. And I, I, that's when I learned about the green and blue and built sort of that aspect up yeah. as well. Well, um, it's quite a tried and tested thing now. It seems to be so showing your negative tweets so KFC were the first I think to do it Brewdog did it Brewdog were quite cool as well because they actually put their negative tweets on the back of their t-shirts so yeah. it's you know it was quite yeah, yeah. fun and then Carlsberg have been doing yeah, it yeah and this is the, they're the sort of concepts that I come up with as sort of because I think it comes from a Gen Z the best yeah. way to, to market to Gen Z is to get it from a Gen Z brain and be like yeah this is really going to work well and yeah. things like that and that comes back 
looping all the way back to when we started, which is about employing Gen Z and things mm. like that. And the most important thing that marketers and things like that can be doing yep. is engaging in those discussions with Gen Z, building up those sort of relationships with the Gen Zers and building sort of a bigger, um, a bigger sort of yeah. societal shift. To, to target Gen Z, it's talking to Gen Z. I think, um, and also just see there's a little bit of background noise yeah. there. So it's, uh, we're in a, you know, millennial, which neither of us are, um, workspace, which is Friday beers and ping pong or whatever, you know. So um, that's all going on outside. So just in case you hear some stuff, that yeah. people are having a good time. So there was the last couple of things I was going to ask you then, mm-hmm. was um, social media most used channels for Gen Z, what are they uh, doing? Interestingly, so Snapchat's really used, but you mm. can't market on Snapchat. Don't True. even really try. You can, you can I give think it. You can kind of, give people tools to have fun with your brand. Yeah, but like the cool it. filters and yeah. things like that. Yeah, yeah. But Snapchat at its heart, which is why Snapchat as a company is really struggling because mm. it's not really designed for that, is, and I use it as this, and everybody that I know uses it as this, is it's almost like a chat app, like yeah. Messenger or like WhatsApp, yeah, yeah. but we chat with our faces instead, you yeah, know? Yeah. And that, and they've gamified it in such a way that keeps us interested, it keeps us there. They're really good at keeping, you know, me on the app and things like mm. that, which is great. And then YouTube is obviously, which I think from what we discussed earlier, the number one brand. YouTube is phenomenal. and Often um, forgotten as a social media channel and in, 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 in business in general. Yeah, yeah, it's one of those where it's really hard but really easy to do. Mm-hmm. So it's one of those where you can get really lucky and be really successful now or you can very quickly, you know, not. Yeah. And, and sometimes the beauty of YouTube is sometimes it's the simple ideas and the simple production mm-hmm. that does the best. Yeah. You don't need to put loads of effort into it. Uh, it does, it makes... You know, sometimes the simplest videos are the yeah. best on there. Yeah. And YouTube is the the sort of place where you'll find sort of the most Gen Zers you can. I mean, Gen Zers are obviously on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're not on Facebook. At all? Not really. Okay. I mean, Facebook at the moment has stopped its growth. And as you can say, Gen Z and Gen Alpha are still growing and well, they're three, not joining Facebook. 34 million active monthly users in the UK. Yeah. Facebook. But... Like that would be heavily skewed towards millennial and, 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 and Jack. Yeah. So I purely use Facebook. I use Facebook, but only purely because I need it for work purposes. Uh-huh. So there's lots of big social media groups and yeah. um, press groups and things like that on yeah. Facebook that are only Facebook groups on Facebook. Yeah. Apart from that, I don't use it to talk to anyone, anything like that. Do, do you use it from a voyeuristic point of view, like as a news feed or getting any information or if anything like that? I want to get like news and things like that, that's Twitter. Does it? Okay. Yeah. So Twitter and news and events. Yep, and that's increasingly across the board. I'd, I'd, I'd go to Twitter before BBC for sure, you know, to find yeah. out what's going on. Yes, you do know? I. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I use the news app on Apple Provide as well. Do you? Uh, I ditched that. Is it good? Why? Is it good? I don't know. I just yeah, I like I like the fact that we get loads of different sources. Yeah, yeah. I like the fact that I can read an article from that I know is really right wing, like the Sun, just to see what they're saying, and then go the complete opposite end to the Guardian. You know, so I think. It's that aspect, yeah, but you yeah. can get that same experience on Twitter. Yeah. I predominantly go on Twitter yeah, first, yeah. but if I'm sitting down, I'm like, oh, I want to read up on some news. Mm, mm. I'll go to the news app and have a read on there. Yeah, yeah. But I do actually, I'm a really big fan of BBC News as well. I think they're my favourite news source. Um, and what about um, sort of heroes to you? 
you know, so... Well, before we go on oh, to on. heroes, we've got a couple more social media... Oh, go on, sorry. Yeah. So the big one that's growing at the yeah. moment at a phenomenal rate, which has actually been growing for bloody years, yeah. but no marketer really took it seriously until relatively recently, is TikTok. Uh-huh. So I don't know if you've had a TikTok. That it, that's I'm that, thinking maybe yeah. your... Maybe your young daughter might be using yeah, TikTok yeah, and things yeah, like yeah. that, um, because that is the in-app for that younger, yeah, 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 younger, really younger generation at the moment, and it's really, really good. Yeah, because I mean, I, I, when all these things were coming out, you know, Jelly came out and Medium and Musically and TikTok, yeah. and so you were well, all just signing up to these things. Yeah, yeah, so just you know, having these things, having a look. Yeah. And then kind of going, oh, okay, at least I understand it and now but I'll TikTok move on. is humongous these yeah, yeah, yeah. growing. I mean, obviously it's owned by China and yeah. these company, which okay. is a controversial thing maybe, yeah. but it's fantastic. And if you, you can find, if there are brands doing good stuff on that, yeah. if you can find a way to do it, that's where the young audience really are. We should get all these for the show notes so people can have yeah, a look. Yeah, That'd yeah, be really yeah. helpful. At least with the KFC one as well. <laughs> um, and what was the other one? Uh, LinkedIn, do you use LinkedIn? I use LinkedIn a ton for business. I love it. It's the best way to make business connections. It's easy. If you don't have a, this is what I encourage when, so with the young enterprise work I do and loads of other, with young people, I'm like, get a LinkedIn account, you know, connect with me and then see see who somebody comes from second second connection, you know, connect with them. Uh, And it's such a good, it's a business tool, yeah. It's not, I don't use it for um, too much outside of business. Yeah. Uh, but we it's still an awesome thing and it's still playing an awesome role in, in that aspect how do you feel this came up a couple of times actually in the last couple of weeks how do you feel then if business slips into your Instagram DMs and things like that do you get a bit I, shirty yeah I, I kind of I separate them mm. so I know when Some we met you it. found my Instagram did I? Did yeah. I, is that how I got in touch with you first no oh you requested to follow my Instagram Ta-da. and it's still there what, did you I not say yes? No, no, no. Jesus. Because I keep, I don't let, I, I only let people that, That's interesting. Uh, that yeah, I yeah. have as my, I don't, yeah. if I'm honest, you'd get nothing from following my Instagram because I don't post. I think it was just so it, I could it, get in yeah, touch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have zero posts yeah. on it. Uh, and, and I feel it's not, really it's small not, now. I feel really embarrassed. <laughs> it's all right. <laughs> loads of people do it. <laughs> I get loads of requests every day just when people like follow my Instagram. I want to see how shit um, your Instagram is. I do is. actually have, I, can show, look, I will show you That's and I will put a copy of it in the show notes if you want. Um, this is how crap my Instagram is. <laughs> That's pretty crap. There's yeah. no posts. Well, yeah, okay. I don't post anything. All right. But more followers than following. But apart from that, I don't do anything. I mean, yeah, it's not yeah, going to yeah. refresh because it's an aeroplane. Well, I don't, you know, I didn't even notice it. But I think because we managed on LinkedIn, yeah, yeah, then yeah. it's sort of worth it. The, but it was just the, come up a little the, bit. The best way, actually, I always loved is either LinkedIn or I still use email. Mm-hmm. People still email me a lot. Yeah. And I don't mind email. Yeah. Um, I like to use, when I'm involved in projects with people, there's alternatives mm-hmm. to like Slack and things like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I still like the traditional phone calls and FaceTime calls and things like that. So I was just thinking about your time as well. So quick fire stuff, right? Yep. And we'll just whip through them. Tips for anyone wanting to hire Centennials, Gen Z. Uh, chat to them. How best to market to Gen Z? Chat to them. <laughs> 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 the online influencer marketing is the yep. best way mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, but it's not the only way there mm-hmm. are other ways yep, as well yep. uh, I mean KFC bloody they put adverts everywhere still outside yep. and all that and you've seen it and I still see them yep. when I drive down the road in the car you know um, there is still a place for lots of different advertising but influencer marketing is mm-hmm. really valuable I think that 
after like that marketing for KFC is really useful as like a Oh, I've remembered Almost you a bit existed. of a case study as well about playbook. Yeah, and also it's 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 a very how would I put it? It's like a a very quick like when I see it on a bus stop, it's mm. like oh, it's a very quick reminder. Yeah. Oh, KFC exists in yeah. my head, yeah, because yeah. I have a lot going on in my head, and to be able to go, oh, yeah, KFC exists. Not that I forget, but mm. it's like a reminder. A oh, prompt. I have KFC today. Yeah, yeah at lunch. Yeah. yeah. So uh, this is the marker of ten little sort of end bit. Okay. So some of your bests and some of your worsts, so or one of your worsts. <laughs> best city to eat in. I like Brighton. Aha. Uh-huh. Good for you. Okay. I don't know. I the I I I haven't really eaten out in too many cities. Uh-huh. And the struggle with me is I don't uh, necessarily I guess technically probably London more than Brighton. I think my favourite, actually one of my favourite places to eat mm. in London, and you, it's a bit out there because I have to go there, it's a place called Jimmy's. Mm-hmm. Have you heard of it? We used to have one in Brighton. What is it? It's a buffet. Okay. Yeah. Right. And it's... Where is it? Uh, it's in the O2. Oh, so okay. it's a bit out. Yeah, so yeah, it's yeah. like when I go there, it's a bit of an adventure. Yeah, yeah. It's half an hour outside the yeah. central. Uh, but there, like I will trek out to Jimmy's to go there. And uh, that's good. And then, to be honest, all the brands that I love in Brighton are kind of in London yeah, as well. Yeah, so I'm yeah. probably going to change to London. Because okay. I think London's got even more to offer yeah. than, than maybe Brighton has. Yeah, yeah. Um, is the best restaurant Jimmy's or what's your best restaurant ever? I think for me, when I'm valuing, when I'm taking value into the consideration mm-hmm. of the food and the value, it's Jimmy's, yeah. Okay. Uh, I, I like, it used to be last year, although it's gone up a pound last year. At lunch, it was 10 quid. At dinner, it was 15 quid during mm-hmm. the week. And in the evening, you can have, like, you can make your own noodles. They'll fry them up. You can have unlimited steak mm-hmm. in the evening. Um, you can do loads. Um that's probably my favourite restaurant. I think there's only two Jimmy's left, though, in, the, there? in the country. There's one okay. in Wembley and one there. But the one in the O2 is the better one. I need to check it out. Um, but yeah. if, if if I'm talking more general chain, I think um, it could be a toss-up between Weatherspoons and KFC. Okay. Best dish. What do you crave? What's the best dish ever? Well, so if I was going to go out somewhere and have one dish, it'd probably be pizza. Okay. Um, I don't really have preference for some pizza. Yeah. I had a weird one the other day from that we get we buy just buy our pizzas from Asda. Uh-huh. And the one I had was it was like a it had like a garlic base uh-huh. and it had chicken, mushrooms, two cheeses, um, red onion and uh I think that was it on it. Uh-huh. And but it was kinda of like garlicky bready feel and yeah. I loved it. Nice. Um, but I don't think you can have a really hack go. almost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't think you can go wrong with uh with pizza. Best drink. Gin. Okay. Fuck with lemonade. I think when you say water, you're like my wife. That's what Paul oh, yeah. Well, I can say we gin can, and lemonade. I can say water. I drink the most water. <laughs> I don't really drink a lot of gin. But what, if, if, what gin? Is there uh, a preference? I generally love quite love pink gin, uh, but really any gin. I love yeah. trying new gins. Yeah, yeah. Whenever I go somewhere, I like. Oh, what yeah. gins have you got? If I'm not, if I'm like, if I'm not like being picky. And I'm not like because in Weatherspoons they don't they have lots of gins but some of them you only get included so yeah. I usually just go for pink gin because I really do like pink gin but sometimes I'll try it's I've tried cool, like though. loads of different gins yeah. and I love gin and we uh, uh, but don't like tonic whatsoever yeah hate tonic no, so same, exactly always same. with lemonade yeah I dislike any other soft drink except for 
lemonade. Iron brew. What's that? <laughs> What's iron brew? Yeah. Oh man, it's like the national drink of Scotland. Okay, you'll have to. You'll it's have a to, fizzy. You'll have to, we'll have to find one. Yeah, I'll, I'll get you. I'll, God, I'll yeah, get yeah. you some of that. Yeah, yeah. I, you'll, I'll you'll be that. I actually, if it's like orangey, I'm not too. I the only my fizzy drink that I hate is Coke. I hate Coke. It's, it's more. Coke. It's more like. It makes you feel sick. Tizer. Oh, I like Tizer. So it's like Tizer. Oh, okay, then. it's like yeah, a yeah, really I'll good Tizer. Like yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah we always have Tizer in my in my fridge at home because my family don't really drink Coke. We have Tizer. We have ginger beer. Yeah. And then we also have lemonade for days. They used to do. An iron brew with ginger beer, oh, and it was called Fiery Iron okay. Brew. It was. Oh, I'm, I'm going to get you hooked on that. Yeah. Um, it, is there a gin brand though? Is there any one gin brand that sticks out that you go, or either be a luxury or a a go-to, or one that you're loving, or not really? Uh, if just... anything, it's just probably going to be your standard Gordon Pink Gin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't. Whenever I go into somewhere, you can't go wrong with a Gordon yeah, Pink Gin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I like it. I like what they do. Which Weatherspoons do this with the with the um, the strawberries in it. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Don't, yeah, I'm I... not a big fan of lemon and lime. So oh, cucumber. Um, Oh, oh no. yeah, no, not cucumber. Cucumber, they you can get away with. Hendrix. I just in some it drinks, the pub, in like, some drinks, there's there's places for cucumber, nah. but lime, I don't, yeah. not not a big fan. I hate, and I don't get why restaurants do this. Uh-huh. They put lemon and lime in bloody water. I order yeah. water, and they go just to give it a taste. Some people say then water doesn't have a taste, you know. So yeah, they yeah want but it. that's why I have water. I don't want to taste. <laughs> and the amount of times I'm going like I don't like, especially when they put lemon in. I don't mind lime so much. When they put lemon in, I'm like, I'm sorry, yeah, just do me no thanks. Um, yeah. yeah, I love ice, but yeah, no. And they sometimes they are sheep, but sometimes they just sheep. Just do it, and yeah, I'm yeah. like, no thanks. <laughs> um, worst restaurant or meal? Oh, we were discussing this recently. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Uh, now I uh, and this isn't necessarily because I've only ever been to this restaurant chain once uh-huh. and this was relatively recently and I generally I'm a person that likes most foods mm-hmm. and now I went there uh, with, with a friend of mine and we went to um, Jimmy's not Jimmy's <laughs> love Jimmy's Jamie's uh-huh. um, in uh, it was the one that's near Piccadilly Right. In London. I know. So yeah, it's yeah, a yeah. big central one. It's quite yep. a big, big, big place. Uh-huh. And uh, went in there, had a voucher for a, uh, the group and code. So you pick from a set menu. And I went for like the pork uh, burger with the um, potato, what they called. Did you say croutons? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and um, it was just not good. Okay. My friend had um, carbonara and that was really salty. It was just not like mm. good and. You know, you're when you're like, because that's meant to be at the higher end of it. It was, yeah. you know, maybe I just didn't like my food, but then for two of us to not really like our food, mm. it's a different, you know, ball game. And the service wasn't really fantastic in there. How long um, ago was this? Uh, two months. Okay, recently. Relatively recently. Huh. Uh, it didn't feel like the things that I love with like pubs and things like that and, and even like the Italian places do it quite well is that sort of personal like mm-hmm. come around Toby Carver actually do quite a good job of that as mm-hmm. well um, of coming around checking everything's alright and things like that didn't really get that with mm-hmm. with, with uh, Jamie's at all mm-hmm. and they um, seemed a little bit like looking at the menu I 100% wouldn't pay the full price for it ever from what I had, mm. the experience I had, it's kind of put me off for quite a long time. Yeah. Now I've only tried one 
one restaurant but this was this was it wasn't mm. even that busy in there so it wasn't yeah. like it was like around dinner time on saturday but it wasn't super busy in there yeah, yeah. um there wasn't there was you they could have done that they could have done a lot better yeah. and it just that everything sort of hit didn't hit right mm. you know it was like the service wasn't great um and and gen z people may not then give people another chance i think with gen x you'd probably get three, you'd give it two or three goes. Yeah, I think because of our attention span and things like that. And because nowadays there's so many choices. Yeah. Like the only reason we went there is because of Groupon Code. Yeah. And and I wouldn't, I've not been against Jamie's, but there's one in Brighton, but it's a bit, it's not really like in central, it's like a bit out there. Yeah, it's off the lanes, isn't Um, it? Yeah, it's off the lanes. So it's a bit wrong side of town for me. And also as well, it, it just, I haven't really necessarily heard people go oh Jamie's is great do you mm-hmm, know what I mean mm-hmm. not really people I think it's not really in my in my circle yeah. so it's finding that you know thing and unfortunately that it just wasn't good yeah um and I mean we had prepaid for our bill um but the service was so bad I didn't even tip yeah and I tip all the time I'm mm. quite a tipper yeah um but the service was so bad that you know we didn't I think we even changed they changed server midway through and things like that yeah, and we just yeah. No, thank you. And then you wouldn't go on and review that in any way. You would just leave dissatisfied. Yeah, I just don't. I don't know. I don't really care about going online and yeah. things like that. Yeah. Maybe throw a tweet about it or something like that. But yeah. rather than write an actual yeah, official I don't go review. on write an official review, which yeah, I guess yeah. makes it harder for Jamie to go in there and approve. Yeah. But uh, it, I think generally, from general statistics, you should be able to tell if yeah. people are satisfied or not. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay, right, we're going to go and get a beer. We're going to go get a beer. Um, I'm glad I kept your attention span <laughs> for this hour and a half or whatever it's been. Yeah. Um, I just want to say thanks. It's been such a pleasure, such an amazing afternoon. And, yeah, I, I just think this will bring a lot of ideas and value yeah. and And I curiosity. hope that if any of your audience really have questions, I'd love there to be sort of a discussion around it. For sure. I mean, when you post stuff on LinkedIn, yep. I'm going to try about this. I'm going to try and... I hardly ever do that. I'm very <laughs> yeah. quiet on LinkedIn. Well, I'm going to try and follow through I'll, if I'll people have in. questions and stuff. I'll yeah, if people, if yeah. you tag me in and then if people have questions and stuff about Gen Z yeah. or my kind of general rule, which I said to you, is I always like to take meetings. So if you want to come and meet me and have 30 minutes of just a have a chat about you know what you're doing i love to hear what people are doing yeah. uh in food and drink or if you're listening from a wider field whatever you're doing yeah. i love to do that sort of whatever age if you're really young starting out or if you're you know bloody really old really old <laughs> finishing up yeah <laughs> <laughs> and you could do it in a bella Italia or a kfc yeah, yeah. especially if you own bella Italia or yeah, KFC, yeah. i'll definitely come to lifetime Russia. membership yeah, yeah, yeah if you've got like a card or something to give me i would definitely wouldn't mind <laughs> right Thanks awesome. so much. Thank it's you. It's been so good. Okay, Thank I'll uh, catch up soon. Yeah. So there you have it. An amazing chat with Brandon Ralph, the Gen Z expert. I really hope that you will reach out to him and see how he can help your business really understand for the Gen Z wave that's coming, both as employees, talent within your business, partners, and also future customers. A huge thanks also to all of you that keep us charting um, and also for all of you that are telling your friends and sharing the love across all the social media channels. We really, really, really appreciate it. A huge thanks also to Gaz and Gabby for putting together the Supersonic Marketing Podcast. It's really appreciated and I know how hard you guys work. 
So this is me, Mark McSee, signing off. Bless you. Thanks for listening. Thanks for all of the support. I really hope today was insightful and it brought you some amazing value that will really help your brand boom. Boom.